Welcome to AdLaw Access Podcasts. I'm Christy Grimes Thompson, Chair of Kelly Dry's Advertising and Marketing Practice. From buying shoes made from recycled plastic to buying shirts with pink ribbons on them, consumers increasingly want to feel good about their buying decisions. As companies' benevolent interests align with that push from consumers, companies often look for ways to communicate that in the marketplace. This is often called cause marketing. This podcast covers a specific kind of cause marketing, the commercial co-venture or CCV. A commercial co-venture is typically when a company teams up with a charity to offer a product or service or to sponsor an event, and a consumer's purchase or participation in the event triggers a donation to the charity. We often work with clients to evaluate those types of campaigns, and they can come in many shapes and sizes, but today we're going to focus on those that have a purchase that triggers the donation. And the statutes governing commercial co-ventures are often part of a statutory structure that also applies to charities and to other kinds of organizations that work with charities, such as professional fundraisers, which are the entities that solicit on behalf of the charity and are typically compensated by the charity. Although we're not covering those other entities today, a company should always consider potential application of those statutes when developing any cause marketing campaign, and we can talk about creative ways to work around them. So let's focus on the statutes that apply to CCVs. About half of the states have a statute specific to CCVs. Those states typically impose four kinds of requirements. One, an agreement with the charity. Two, registration with the state. Three, advertising disclosures. And four, financial accounting. We'll walk through each one. First, an agreement with the charity. Some charities that more regularly engage in commercial co-venture or similar campaigns have their own forms, or you can start from scratch. It doesn't have to be anything formal. It can be pretty streamlined and should include the following provisions. Identification of the parties, so who are they, who are we? A description of the charitable purpose, a description about what we're selling, how much we're selling it for, and how much we're gonna give to the charity, the start and end dates for the campaign, and the estimated number of units to be sold. That seems like an unusual one to include an agreement like this, but some states do expressly call it out. The agreement should also include any guaranteed minimum or maximum amount that will be donated to the charity. Including a maximum and or minimum are common ways for both parties to have some predictability. With a minimum, the charity knows it will receive at least a certain amount. And with a maximum, the company knows it will not be on the hook for an amount higher than expected if the product is particularly popular. The agreement should also include a description of how the company intended to calculate the donation, like a fixed amount per product sold, fixed percentage of total sales, etc. There should also be a requirement that the company provides a final accounting to the charity. The agreement should also include a representation that the charity provides express permission for the company's use of the charity's names and any other marks. We've seen some enforcement actions or challenges from charities because they claim that they never authorized use of their mark or use of the mark in the way that the for-profit entity used it. So this is also an important one. And then finally, we often recommend that the agreement include a representation that both parties will comply with applicable laws. Now, of course, we're lawyers, so we can add all sorts of other provisions to these agreements, and we often do, but these are the key provisions that you want to make sure any agreement includes. Looking back at the four buckets of requirements under the state statutes, we'll turn now to registration. 
Several states, including Massachusetts, South Carolina, and Alabama, require commercial co-ventures to register before the start of a campaign. This is in addition to a requirement the state may impose on the charity to register and to file any agreements that it has with for-profit companies to engage in CCVs. The states have certain forms that they require companies to complete. Those forms are pretty straightforward. They generally track the terms of the agreement, but some states require corporate information, signatures from certain individuals, and that can sometimes take longer than expected to track down, and so you always need to allow a little extra time. You also, in many states, have to file that within a certain time period before the campaign starts. In addition, Alabama and Massachusetts require the commercial co-venture to file a bond to cover all campaigns sponsored by the entity. Going back to the four buckets, the third type of requirement is advertising disclosures. We regularly talk about disclosure of material terms in our podcasts, and the same rules apply for CCVs. All ads and marketing content should disclose details about the campaign, like the name of the charity, time period for the campaign, and the donation amount. Importantly, the materials must also disclose any minimum or maximum donation amount. As we talked a little bit before, a minimum donation is when a company has committed to donate a minimum amount, regardless of whether there are sales associated with that amount. A maximum donation is when a company will donate only up to a certain amount, so that any sales occurring after that amount is reached will not trigger a donation. So you can see how a consumer might be harmed if they were not aware of either one of those maximum or minimum donation amounts. If the company has capped the donation amount, it should only make enough of any specially marked products to sell as necessary to meet the maximum donation, or it should try to remove the products from shelves and websites once the cap has been met. The fourth type of requirement under the state statutes relates to financial accounting. In addition to registering in many states, a registered entity must file an, affi- an annual financial report in several states. The report is pretty straightforward. Basically, the number of units that were sold, the amount they were sold for, and the amount of donation that was made to the charity. We often recommend that companies prepare that financial report as soon as the campaign ends rather than waiting until it is due. Um, while, you, while you still have the attention of the team, supervising the campaign and the financial details are fresh. Then we recommend keeping records of all sales and payments to the charity for about three years in case any questions about the execution of the campaign arise. So if you're a fan of Seinfeld, the George Costanza Human Fund would not really pass muster with many of these state regulators. States can also use general statutes prohibiting Uh, unfair and deceptive acts and practices. So even if they aren't one of the 20 or so states that have a statute specific to CCVs, they certainly have authority under those general UDAP statutes. For example, several years ago, the New York AG conducted a sweep in connection with cause marketing campaigns conducted during October, which if you have stepped outside of your house in October, you will know is Breast Cancer Awareness Month because pink ribbons are everywhere. Although the state didn't announce any formal settlements, they issued guidelines for running CCVs and presumably would use any deviation from those guidelines as the basis for a legal challenge. More recently, in 2018, the New York and Tennessee attorneys general led a multi-state enforcement action against a charity and a jewelry store chain in which the entity sold cute little teddy bears in military uniforms to raise money for care packages for military service members. 
great concept, but the AGs alleged that the entities had engaged in deceptive and other illegal acts by failing to have a written agreement between the jewelry store and the organization that was uh, supposed to be collecting the money to get the care packages and failing to obtain an accounting about the program and failing to demonstrate how the funds were being used. AGs have also focused on disclosure of minimum-maximum donations. For example, several, several years ago, well, actually it was in the 90s, before many of the people wearing those Rothe shoes made of recycled plastic were even born, um, but the Georgia Attorney General investigated the YoPlay Save Lids to Save Lives campaign. As you probably know from that campaign, it benefits breast cancer, and when consumers buy YoPlay yogurt, they can submit, they can turn in the lid, and for each lid that YoPlay received, they would make a donation. Well, they had a maximum donation amount that they had in place because they recognized with all marketing campaigns like that, there was going to be some breakage and they overproduced the number of lids than they actually planned to be associated with the donation. And they disclosed that cap on their donation, but they disclosed the cap on the inside of the cap of the yogurt. So that you had to be someone like me who bought the yogurt, peeled off the lid, and then licked that yogurt off the inside of the lid to see the donation cap that YoPlay had in place. The Georgia Attorney General said that's deceptive because consumers couldn't see that that um, cap on the disclosure amount and might have bought the yogurt after the cap had already been met, thinking, and they might have bought the yogurt thinking that their purchase was going to trigger a donation when actually it may not have. Certainly, the PR consequences associated with the allegations that a company has duped consumers in connection with a charitable initiative could be significant. To avoid that spotlight, we recommend the following. Assign an internal person to take the lead on the campaign. This helps coordination with the charity. In addition, often internal momentum is high as a campaign is kicking off, but resources and priorities can shift by the time the financial reporting is due, so having a designated person to handle the reporting can help manage the burden. Also, conduct due diligence on the charity. Ensure that they are registered and in good standing in the states where they are operating. We have worked with many companies that engage in campaigns with charities that are very well-intentioned but may not even be aware of the state requirements that apply to them. Also, as we talked about, get an agreement with the charity. Make sure it has the pro provisions that we discussed but also build in some flexibility because inevitably the team's plans will change and a flexible agreement can work through that. Finally, be transparent. This was a big point that came out in the New York AG's guidance. That means developing a standard set of disclosures for all media, so you may have one for print, you may have a separate version for social, but making sure that things like the maximum and minimum donation amounts are provided. And then of course, it's easy to say in a podcast, but stick to them. Your marketing team may be tempted to deviate or be challenged by the limitations on the number of characters permitted in a post, but really em emphasize the importance of um, sticking to those disclosures and the terms in the agreement. Some of our clients that regularly conduct CCVs have also developed templates for campaign structures, uh, agreements, disclosures, other related documents to ensure consistent compliance, and then they regularly train the relevant teams on the materials. 
All of these things are ways to try to avoid being the poster child in the event that one of the AGs does decide to um, challenge practices for some of these campaigns, because we are seeing such a proliferation of these kinds of campaigns in the marketplace as that consumer is really looking to do good by the purchases that they are making. Ping me if you have questions. We focus today on CCVs, but I'm also happy to discuss ways to engage in all kinds of cause marketing. And to stay up to date on these and other issues, check out our blog at adlawaccess.com. Thanks for listening.